Hi, I'm Lewis Griggs, and I live in Berkeley, California, and I grew up in Minnesota. I spent 10 years in the East Coast during and after college. I moved to San Francisco about 40 plus years ago. So that's a short version of where I've been. And in the process, all three of my near-death experiences I'm going to share with you happened here when I lived in San Francisco and in Berkeley. So as an intro before I had my first one, let me tell you that while I lived in the East Coast, I worked in politics two years and a startup for two years and in public television for two years. And then I fell in love with a friend who was in San Francisco. And so I moved from public television in Boston to public television in San Francisco. That was easy and drove across the country. But the reason I'm giving you that intro is that in all of those different jobs, I felt like they aren't quite right for me. And I really didn't know what I was going to do when I grow up, you know? So it didn't surprise me when I had my first near-death experience. Because I was sort of asking myself and the universe or God or whatever you like to imagine it, what's my life purpose? I didn't really know. So I was driving my car in Berkeley and I went through an intersection where there was no stop sign and I totaled my car. So I don't want to blame the other driver or me, but it happened. And in totaling the car, my first experience was that I, now I'm talking about I, my soul, because I, I have perfect memory of what I'm going to share with you now. And which is very interesting because it's something science doesn't yet know. If perfect memory is in the brain and the brain is in the body and the body is in the car and what I'm going to share with you now was all the way in the light, then where's memory? You know, what's consciousness? So what happened when I totaled my car in Berkeley was that I immediately left my body and went through what we call a tunnel, many of us who've been out. And instead of stopping and watching the accident, which many people have shared, or instead of watching the surgery or something, or instead of meeting deceased loved ones, my experience included none of those. I just went right through the tunnel at high speed until I stopped in what I call, because words aren't enough, the entire source of all knowledge, all consciousness, all light all love and the source from which we all come. I was at the source from which the soul comes before it goes into our body. And it's the same source through which we go when we leave our bodies and die. In my opinion, that's not scientific. That's my experience, okay? So in the source of all this light and power and energy and spirit and love, it just felt amazing to finally be where there is no conflict at all. And while I was feeling such peace, I heard a voice. Not everybody does hear a voice and have a conversation with God, but I did. Nevertheless, it was a voice. Now, the voice was one I could hear in my language, so it's interesting for me to point out that whatever voice any of us hears is a voice we're able to hear, of course. This voice said to me, very clearly, Lewis, you are called here to have this conversation and to be sent back because you're not doing your work. So I um, raised my hands as if, take me, I'm yours, I'll do your work. 
And the answer was, no, Lewis, it's not my work you need to do, it's your work. And I asked, well, what is my work? And because since I was in the space where all knowledge is known and I was talking to whomever it was, God, Jesus, the source, who knows what one believes, but it felt to me like it was the voice of Jesus. And I said, well, I don't know what my work is. And I was asked the question, what is it that keeps you from being all you're capable of being? Not doing. I happen to have been raised with privilege and well-educated, and I could do almost anything I want. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. Well, that's because I hadn't figured out yet who I was at the core, what I really wanted to be, what work I wanted to do to serve. And so when I was asked, what is it that keeps you from being all you're capable of being? My most honest answer, which I had to look very deeply to find, was, well, given how I was raised with the privilege and education, I was told we're all one under God by wonderful, loving parents. But here on earth, you have privilege and noblesse oblige, as the French say, you must give back. You're better. You're not a better human soul, but you, you're better because of all the privilege and education, so use it. Just being told that I'm, in a way, better, the way I discovered was meant by that wasn't, it's a two-sided coin. It's not only that I had enough privilege and education to have more opportunities than others, but what comes with that privilege, if you're in a 14 generation all Anglo body since the Mayflower, like I am, and if your family's been very successful, well, there an ethnocentrism gets created often if you're not more than monolingual, if you haven't traveled a lot internationally. I know if you weren't raised in a bicultural, you know, bilingual family, then my I discovered my ethnocentrism growing up in the Midwest of this continent was so deep that I didn't know how to do any of the bridging between myself and anybody different. And this voice said, there it is, Lewis, there's your work. That's what you are called to do. The work that helps you become all you're able to be. So the biggest learning in this white light experience was that I was suddenly called to learn how to do the cross-cultural bridging and to teach others how to do that. And I was sent back down through the same tunnel. I remember coming into my body completely like those tight rubber glove surgeons wear and this white light left this total automobile and I walked out of the automobile undamaged and told the ambulance there was no problem. But my life changed immediately. I started to notice doors open that I had nothing to do with. Doors started opening I had nothing to do with and I knew I was supposed to enter. All of which was created by being in the light to discover what my life's purpose was. So that was the big one and the most amazing one, or so I thought. But 20 years later, after running very successfully my diversity training company, I went on a whitewater river trip with my two children and a 100 foot tall cottonwood tree fell off the edge of the river as we were going by and landed on my head and my son's. 
you are all okay now, but my son was perceived to be dead and drowned face down in the bottom of the raft, which was full of water. I was perceived to be dead with the tree on top of my head on the edge of the raft, but the raft was stuck because the tree was holding it with the roots still connected, sort of, and the water going by. It sounds strange, but that's what happened. The first one, there was no damage, so I wasn't near death. They call it perfect near death because it's where we go when we die. This one would people would call transformational experience or something. Because once I discovered I was alive and I had no memory of when I wasn't in my body, okay, this time. But this one was just as profound because in the first week of trying to relearn how to walk, read, talk, I didn't know who I was or my parents or my wife or my kids or my friends. And the left frontal lobe brain injury was so serious that I wasn't able to do anything. I felt at my core self, if you can use the metaphor of a tornado or a hurricane, call it my core, call it my soul, if you wish, in all chakras, if you wish, my body, physically, yes, the heart and lungs were working, I was alive, but I couldn't do anything with my body. I couldn't walk, much less play tennis, you know, or go out and speak in public or drive. And my brain was so damaged, I didn't know how to talk. So I had to do three years of hospitalized brain injury recovery. But the learning I want to share with you is that in the first week is when I discovered inside this body and mind that could no longer do anything was 100% light and love and energy and spirit. The same energy, the same light, it is in all chakras and is fed through the eighth chakra by the source. So I had that experience where we, I discovered we were all one, came from the same source. And then we land in these diverse bodies, the only diversity and the only DNA in the history of life on earth, right? So we are simultaneously one and uniquely different. That was my first great learning to take me into diversity training. And now I just was reminded that even without the left frontal lobe working, I couldn't do anything, but I and you and all of us are 100% light, love, energy, and spirit at the core. It is that simple. It doesn't mean it's easy because all the crises we have in our bodies and in our life experiences are also real, but they are not our soul. Our soul doesn't die doesn't actually get injured and wounded and abused. We at the core are always pure light and pure love. Now, as if that wasn't enough, 20 years later again, just two years ago, I got diagnosed with stage three cancer, which means I had to do radiation, I had to do chemo, and for six months of chemo before I even did radiation, I caught COVID in 2020. The first COVID that we all heard about, that was killing a thousand a day. And it goes so quickly to attack the heart and the lungs that I couldn't breathe within a week very well. And they couldn't even take me into ICU until I proved positive and it took a week to find out. But by the time I got to ER, my wife thought she'd never see me again. And they put me right into ICU and then right in under the incubator. And for 10 days, I was under the incubator. And this is when I had another out-of-body experience, totally out there. I had several experiences, but the biggest one I want to share with you was the last two days when they told my wife they weren't sure they were able to keep me. My heart failed one day and my lungs failed another day. And 
all those two days out of the 10, I was on a geodesic dome. And if you picture the sides of it, it has all hexagonal sections. There were several of us there. I imagine it was all of us who were in ICU at Kaiser here in the East Bay, Oakland, California. But I was out of body the whole time. And on the dome, I noticed that in those two days, somebody came and unlocked these latches we were attached to, these hexagonal sections. And all of the other people went, they all died. And I was left alone. So I didn't yet know why I was left alone. I, I guess I was still hanging on to life. And that's what I felt like I was doing. So I, I trust this was a true imagination that I was so close to dying that I said, I'm not going to die. I can't die. I had to hang on and I would have easily been able to let go at any moment. And I was very clear. I had to come back to love my wife and our children. And I had to come back to continue doing my diversity work. But the out-of-body experience in the dome for 48 hours was amazing. First with everybody else, and then when they all died, I was alone for another 24 hours, wondering why did it, did, what's the reason I was alone? But I, I started to realize it must be because I haven't died yet, and I'm not going to. And finally, they let me in, and they let me in to my body on my birthday, <laughs> lightning had just struck and pouring rain and everything in the middle of August, my birthday, August 16th. And that was an amazing experience. But when I came back into the body, it took a long time to regain appropriate consciousness. I didn't really know where I was. I said, no, I hadn't been under the ventilator. I didn't know where my wife lived. I asked her. <laughs> I didn't know my age. So the damage from the chemicals that saved my life was real and the damage from the virus that had damaged my lungs and my heart. And I still have side effects, but you know what? The learning of that and every out-of-body experience is so deep and builds my spirituality and my oneness and my uniqueness so deeply that I can't complain about any side effects or when I, you know, tear a ligament in my knee, uh, skiing or or anything because I'm alive and I'm breathing and I've been in the light and I know where we come from. I know we're all one. I know we're uniquely different. And I know now we each have to be all we're capable of being in our uniqueness, wherever we are on the spectrum, whichever spectrum you're looking at. It's an amazing learning that we're all going through. and. I needed to get hit that hard to get these learnings, whereas many people just do it with their meditation, you know, or whatever. But I needed these three major crises and spiritual experiences, two of them out of body. So those are my deepest learnings. Those are my life crises. And if this were questions and answers, we could go on more, but we can't. So I want you to not just learn that those are the things that happened to me, I want you to take what you can use and leave the rest to imagine that if you've had those experiences or close to them, what did you get out of it? You know, how to be all you're capable of being and did you discover we're all one and we're uniquely different? So is there anything about my stories that helps you in your own path? That's the purpose for these, for which I'm really grateful. 
Thanks. That's all.